The Comic Book Time Machine, episode 186, Predator versus Wolverine, number one, versus Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, number one. That's a lot of verses. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to travel back in time about a week and about a month. I mean, when we first started this podcast, we did say, you know, using comic books to travel back in time, whether it's 70 years or seven days. Well, that's about what I'm doing right now because the two comics I have are very, very recent. And basically, this is a a battle royale between Marvel and DC between two different movie slash comic book character franchise crossovers. And I thought, hey, what a great idea to talk about them both in the same episode. Uh, <laughs> Before I do that, though, let's get something out of the way. It has been a long, long time since I've been on mic to talk about comic books, and I've always said that the Comic Book Time Machine is that hobbyist podcast that I do. The last episode that we had, if you only looked at the title, it was Matt and Daniel say goodbye, which makes it look like we're saying goodbye to the podcast. We're not saying goodbye to the podcast. We're just taking, you know, a year to a year and a half in between episodes sometimes. So that's where we're at right now. But basically, when I get around to reading some comics that I want to talk about, this is the place where I get to jump on mic and talk about it, and it will show up in your feed, and some of you might even listen to it, and some of you might even say, hey, I should send in some feedback. And if you do have some feedback about this or any other recent episode that you would like to send, send it to studioavery at gmail.com. That is where I will get it. And then if it is information that you want sent on to Matt or Daniel, I will pass that on to them. But for right now, this is a solo episode. This is me, just Ben, talking about two comic book franchises that I like because I like the characters that I'm not necessarily following every single issue or any issues right now and two movie franchises that I really, really enjoy. And so I saw these both at the comic shop and thought, you know what, I'm going to give them a try. And so I'm going to pit them against each other. I'm going to pit Predator versus Wolverine versus the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. And as I pit them against each other, we're going to decide which one wins, which one's better, which one's more fun for me? Which one is the better of the crossovers and, and and does it well where it takes the elements of both the movie franchise and the comic book franchise and pits them against each other? And I think the big question is going to be, which one of these do I want to continue reading? And how do I want to continue reading it? Do I want to just keep picking up every issue month after month so I can get the whole series as it's happening? Or am I going to be content to wait until the trade paperback? Or am I going to be content to just never, ever pick it up again? And we will see which one wins. Now, what's cool about it is you have Predator versus Wolverine. This is something that I was kind of waiting for them to do because 
I mean, Marvel and 20th Century Fox are both owned by Disney. And Disney has done, or not Disney, Marvel has done some Alien comics, some Predator comics. And so it was only a matter of time until they were going to do something like this, Predator versus Wolverine. They've already done a ton of the Predator slash Aliens versus DC characters. This was a Dark Horse DC collaboration where they allowed the comic book franchise of DC comics to do some crossovers with the comic book franchise owners of predator and alien. Uh, so dark horse had the license for predator and alien DC had obviously the DC characters and they did a number of different crossovers that I didn't even care about. Um, Batgirl and ghost that crossover. I don't even know who ghost is really other than I read, a couple issues of that Batgirl ghost crossover because it was in a volume that I have of DC Dark Horse crossovers. And I do have, I think there's four different graphic novels of different uh, variations of the different crossovers that they did. But one of them is Aliens and Batman. One of them is Aliens and Predator. One of them I is a Superman one, but I can't remember if it's, super, if it, if it's branded Superman versus Aliens or Superman versus predator don't have it in front of me right now and then there's a justice league uh one that's just a crossover one that, that has a couple different things in it and all of those are fantastic i really enjoyed all of them some of them are better than others but the batman versus predator series that they did especially the first two of the three that they did is wonderful the superman versus aliens that they did is another wonderful crossover where it allows superman to just show who he is at his core. And that's what's best about these crossovers is because they are, generally speaking, they are not part of the regular comic book continuity that they belong to. Now, Superman versus Madman, which they did, which was a DC Dark Horse crossover. The Madman character carried over some of the events that happened in that crossover into his main series and you know, was, was able to reference that, but that's because it was a creator owned kind of a thing. And, uh, he could do the continuity, however he wanted to do it. And the canon that he was going to follow was whatever he wanted to follow. And so he said, well, you know, Madman had some of Superman's powers and there's gonna be some traces left over of that. I'm not sure how he talked about it in the context of the stories when they didn't have the license to use the Superman name, but it carried over. But generally speaking, it, it doesn't do that. And and usually when you have a crossover, the, the Spider-Man meets Superman, Spider-Man versus Superman crossover, which is, again, another great crossover that it was the giant sized uh, tabloid format thing that they did. And when they did that, those two characters were were became friends, <laughs> but you never heard about them again. And so, you know, you could possibly say that there's this kind of side jaunt where uh, Superman left Metropolis to go to New York and he met this character in New York or whatever. And so Spider-Man does exist in the DC universe, but that's really not what they're saying. It's not what they're wanting to have happen. Now, the aliens and predator stuff versus DC comics characters kind of fits into its own unique little universe. And that's another reason why I like it so much is that it's a kind of a complete little package where you start with Batman versus predator and you kind of end with justice league versus predators. It's not a great ending. Um, but you have in between there, you have these 
different things that they all kind of go together in their own little pocket universe where the the xenomorphs and the yujas or i don't know how you say that for the for the what the predators are called but um those aliens exist in that universe and they have encounters with each other uh so you have the green lantern aliens crossover which is a fun story but all of these things superman and predator superman and aliens and and they all just kind of work together in their own little pocket universe that you could sit down and say there's this linear cohesive thing going on here that really doesn't contradict itself very much if at all i didn't i didn't notice any contradictions the last time i read it which was during covid so it was only a matter of time before Marvel said, of course, we're going to do this because we own the, these franchises uh, or we are owned by an umbrella company that owns these franchises. I'm not excited about if they were to do a Predator versus Star Wars or a an Alien versus Star Wars. But I mean, even if they did, it would probably not be a part of actual continuity for either of them. And then the other one that I have here, of course, is the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong uh, which is a seven issue miniseries. Now, Legendary Pictures is not owned by <laughs> DC Comics. So it's it's not quite the same thing as it was going on with the Marvel crossover here that we have. Uh, Legendary Comics is owned by Legendary Pictures and Legendary Pictures has an agreement with Warner Brothers to continue distributing their, um, their MonsterVerse movies with Skull Island, King Kong versus Godzilla and, and those those things there that's where the connection point comes is that legendary comics which is owned by legendary pictures has an agreement with warner brothers who owns dc comics and so they can do this crossover and it it makes sense to do it it also makes sense because they do have uh some more godzilla movie materials coming out especially the apple tv show that's coming soon and so it makes sense they would try and do something like this this is the kind of thing that you do to just try and get some buzz around your characters and it's it's also just kind of a cool concept to think about the world's greatest heroes going up the against these giant powerful powerful creatures and so if you're just looking at how many issues are going to be of each of these, well, then clearly Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong is going to be the winner. There's seven issues of that versus only four issues of Predator versus Wolverine. But that's not how I judge things. I'm not going to judge things on quantity. I'm judging things on quality. Now, one of the things I really can't do is judge things on the just the covers. There are so many variant covers for all of these comics, but the covers that I chose to get are the ones that I felt were the most representative of what was going to be inside and not so much of the, the gimmick. Uh, so the justice league versus Godzilla versus Kong has a wraparound cover that, you know, goes front and back. And it's just got King Kong climbing the daily planet building, which is kind of cool. And he's fighting helicopters that a uh, green lantern is making with her ring. And actually there's two different green lanterns making these helicopters with their rings. So you're referencing the, uh, 1970s, uh, King Kong, you've got Godzilla just roaring at a tiny, tiny, tiny Superman who's flying in front of his face. You got the bat wing flying in front of Godzilla. You've got wonder woman flying at Godzilla with her, uh, spear ready to go. And you have Hawk girl who is ready to go into battle, who is probably the least equipped to go up against, against them. Now there's also a small picture on the screen, on the television screen, the the big giant 
jumbotron style television screen on the daily planet that has an old image of uh well it it looks like a classic version of godzilla that's there the king kong doesn't look so classic but yeah it I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. I, I can't tell if it's just the angle that it was drawn at and it's not meant to be that or if it really is meant to be that. But I feel like it is meant to be that. Also, by the way, King Kong has one of those giant axes with a Godzilla spine thing, <laughs> dorsal spine used as the blade that you find in, in the Godzilla versus Kong movie. And so... Yeah. Now, if you were also going to be judging based on who is versus who in these comics, the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong has the most verses on the cover. But Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong also has the Legion of Doom in it. And so there's even more verses going on there, whereas Predator versus Wolverine really just feels like it's just a, a, a grudge match between two characters between a predator who's holding a grudge and between Wolverine who is fighting the predator. And the cover that I have of that one is I just chose the one that just has the two of them fighting each other. Now there is a really awesome cover that's referencing the Tog McFarlane uh, Hulk versus Wolverine cover where uh, Wolverine has his claws extended and you can see the Hulk reflected in his claws and it's it's actually Wolverine holding his claws up and you can see the predator reflected in the claws. But then you, there's another one that if I was like, yeah, I want to buy two different comic books that are the same thing uh, for eight bucks. I mean, if I was buying the comics as wall art, I would consider it. But Predator is also holding up his claw in in this other uh, variant cover. And you can see Wolverine's reflection in his co- in his claw. If I was going to judge these judge the battle versus one versus the other because of the covers then that cover gimmick alone is enough but the cover i have for both of these are i they're just really cool they're they're both really cool covers now if i was judging based on price predator versus wolverine has a 7.99 cover price later issues are 5.99 i think and so I'm not sure if it's a page count thing or or if I accidentally picked up a variant cover. I don't think I did, but uh, it's $7.99 where the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong is a $4.99 cover price. So I guess they win there. But both of these are fairly hefty magazines when you pick them up and when you're holding them. There are a lot more pages than in your typical comic book. And they both need all of those extra pages. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. The basic plot line there is that Superman is getting ready to propose to Lois and you have the rest of the Justice League talking about that, talking to him about that, and just trying to make room for him to be able to do so. And so they're going to take care of business. They're going to take care of bad guys and they are going to take care of the Legion of Doom who just broke into the Fortress of Solitude. And when they broke into the Fortress of Solitude, they were there to get a couple specific things, one of them being a mother box. And when they are being battled against with Supergirl, Wonder Woman, and all the other heroes, uh, Green Lantern and Flash. As they do battle, the mother box gets triggered and sends the Legion of Doom, which includes Toy Man, includes uh, Lex Luthor, Cheetah. Um, They get sent to another world. They get sent to Skull Island. And, And the question is, which Earth is this on? Well, 
They find a building that has a control room that has cameras and they see lots and lots of creatures. And the reason that the heroes were alerted in the first place to the Legion of Doom being in the Fortress of Solitude to steal what they were there to steal was because Toy Man picked up a stone, a, a jewel. I am not familiar with what this jewel is. I don't know. I, maybe I should, but it's, it's basically a wishing stone because when he sees the monsters on the screen, he wishes that those toys, quote unquote, could go back with them to their earth. And that's what sends Godzilla, King Kong, all of them to the DC universe, Earth one or Earth zero, whatever it's supposed to be in this in this comic. One other side note along with that is that Gorilla Grodd is with them. And when he sees Kong, he wonders if he's looking at an ape god and he tries to make contact with this ape god. And uh, it, so it's just these little moments. And this is what crossovers like this are good for is taking elements from each franchise and just allowing them to be natural and to have, yeah, Gorilla Grodd be enthralled by by king kong and to have you know i'm I'm sure we haven't seen it yet in this issue but we're going to see superman punch godzilla you know and and we want to see that and we want to see godzilla use his breath against our heroes and i have no idea where this is going to go other than now that they're they've done this the monsters are in this dc universe earth And we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. And I think that's probably the one weakness of this comic is that this is the first chapter of seven. And so it's all set up and there is a lot of character beats. The good thing about that is it's good. You have all these different give and take and and relationship moments where Bruce is talking to Clark about, are you sure you really want to marry Lois? And Flash is talking to Clark and saying, you know, Iris doesn't know who I am yet, and, and I, I don't want to bring her into that. And there's just all these little moments and a lot of these uh, interplays between the characters that they're good and, and they need to carry it. Because one thing I always say about... Any kind of kaiju movie is you've got to care about the characters. Yes, the monsters are cool. Yes, their fights are awesome. And yes, sometimes that's enough, more or less, but you really need to care about the characters, the human characters, and their story. The human character story needs to have some sort of connection to the monsters. There are a number of kaiju movies where it's just you have here's the human plot and then the monster stuff is happening and the humans are slightly inconvenienced by the monster stuff. But it really, you know, it's almost like it's two different movies. In this case, it's not two different stories. Uh, I don't know where the Legion of Doom was going, what their plans were, what Lex Luthor's plans are. And I don't know exactly how this conflict is going to play out and why it's titled Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, other than Godzilla versus Kong is, I guess, part of the franchising that they're doing with the the monster verse. But anyway, I'm liking the story so far. I just would like to have had a little bit more information about where things are headed in in this in this storyline. But again, it's chapter one of seven, and so it's it's going to be a little while before we get to the end, and and it's probably going to be a couple issues even before we really know what's at stake. 
we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. Now, I like the story. I also, the art is strong. It is solid. It is not uh, so stylistic that it's, you know, off-putting. It is not so awful <laughs> that it's off-putting. The characters are well-drawn in their classic costumes, the ones that I am most familiar with, and it just works really, really well. And so I enjoyed this a lot. So kudos to Brian Bucciolato and Christian Deuce and Louis Guerrero and Richard Starkings at uh, Comicraft with the letterers and Ben Abernathy, DC Comics editor. Nice job. Robert Napton, legendary comics editor, editor. Nice job working together to make this thing come together. It is a solid, solid comic. Predator versus Wolverine is another solid, solid comic. Now, with Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, I really wish I could have seen more uh, with the monsters there. Uh, Godzilla, he shows up at the very beginning, and then we cut to flashback 12 hours earlier, and then we come back to that scene at the very, very end, and basically we get the same scene twice. It's only three pages, but we get the same scene twice, and you see Superman flying off to battle with Godzilla. Okay, that's cool, but we don't really see Godzilla do any the Godzilla stuff. Uh, we get to see King Kong doing some of the King Kong stuff when he fights one of those weird two-limbed, long-tailed skull creatures. Uh, and he actually rescues the Legion of Doom from this thing. Uh, so we get to see King Kong do some of his stuff. But again, it's only just a couple pages. I would have liked more. I would have liked more. I'm going to get more, obviously, if I keep reading. But with Predator versus Wolverine, it is, it jumps in in the middle of a present-day battle of Wolverine uh, where he is just suffering. He is, it's a good thing he has healing factor. He'd be dead three or four or five times over, but he has, uh, he's being tracked by a predator and that is current day. Then we go back in time to the year 1900 or around the year 1900 and it's in Alaska and it's a different artist, but it's still strong. And we get this story where he is surviving on the frontier in Alaska he goes into town and he has someone hire him for a job to rescue someone who has been kidnapped. It turns out it's a ruse and you end up with another battle with a predator. And this is their first battle and it ends in a draw. And then we cut to another artist and another time period many years ago in South America. And you have Wolverine with a team of mercenaries. He apparently doesn't have much memory of who he is and what he, where he came from. But this is another time where he's walking through a jungle and there are predators who are coming to fight them. And that's the setup. And there's some really good stuff going on here as far as just what the predator does, what it's doing. There's moments of just brutality where Wolverine and predator are fighting each other or predator is going after um, prey of other kinds. And, and then you end on this kind of cliffhanger and I get the impression that each issue is going to be not just a time period, but the story, this four issue story is just going to, as story needs jumping from time period to time period. And, and so I, I don't know if it's going to come back to present day with issue number one or issue number two rather, and then do another flashback, or if we're just going to, we got have our flashback at the beginning and, or our 
our present day stuff and then our flashback in issue one and then continue just going from time period to time period to time period to time period as Wolverine changes and goes through different stages of his development. Uh, I do know I saw one teaser that said Weapon X would be coming and that's actually the cover I have is Wolverine as Weapon X where he has all the like Barry Windsor Smith style tech uh, just kind of uh, wrapped around him and he's got the weapon X uh, helmet that has the, the Cyclops esque visor on it. But I get the impression that this is just going to take us through Wolverine's history. And as we go through Wolverine's history, we're going to see that there has just been this one conflict with this one predator. And that's kind of a cool, kind of a cool setup. The artwork three different artists, one for each different time period. And they all work. They all do a solid job. Uh, in the young Wolverine section, Wolverine is, is young. And so he doesn't look as, as Wolverine ish, but, but it still works, but he's young. He's really young in that. And in the present day, he's wearing his, his orange uniform with the Brown uh, trim, or maybe it's his Brown uniform with the orange trim. I'm not sure. Uh, but you have the different styles of the different time periods fit the time periods as well. And that young Wolverine is lean and, and agile and that, that young predator is lean and agile as well. What is different between these two comics is that the predator stuff and the Wolverine stuff that, that happens within these, there's a lot more fighting, a lot more conflict, a lot less character development and character interaction because it's just Wolverine being Wolverine in these different time periods and, and fighting the, the predator and the predator is doing his predator thing and he is skinning people and he is hunting people. So in this battle royale between Predator versus Wolverine and Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, which <laughs> it's a real mouthful when you say it like that. But anyway, uh, I have to say that for right now, for issue number one, Predator versus Wolverine comes out on top because that's just the one that taps into what I like so much about Predator and what works so well about Wolverine the best. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, there's a lot more fun to it. And I'm hoping that when we start getting into the battles between the monsters and the superheroes and then throw the supervillains in the midst, I'm hoping that gets to be a lot of fun as well. But Predator versus Wolverine, I think, is the one that comes out on top for this episode. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do another episode of the issue twos versus each other or something like that. Probably not. But uh, for right now, this was a lot of fun to do. I just don't know because, you know, Predator versus Wolverine, there's only four of them and there will be seven of Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. I don't think it's fair to, you know, just try and go up two versus two, three versus three, four versus four, because then you have five, six, and seven. And the pacing for the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong is going to be different. And so I think if I was going to do the whole series, I, I feel like I would probably wait until it's collected in, in the trade. But for Predator versus Wolverine, I think I'm going to pick them up when I go to the comic shop, which isn't very often. I have talked about it before, probably, I think, on this podcast. I... I don't get to the comic shop very often because it's much further away since I've moved and it's a lot harder to get there. But um, it does mean when I do go there, I usually have like six, seven, eight comics waiting for me. <laughs> and that's what happened this time when I went, I got Predator versus Wolverine, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, Cap Wolf and the Halloween Commandos, 
Crypt of Shadows, which has a man thing story in it that I really want to do an episode of the podcast about City Boy, which features I have no idea what City Boy is other than Swamp Thing was on the cover. So guess what? I went ahead and got it to see is it a good Swamp Thing story? And spoiler alert, in case I do not do an episode about it here on the podcast, it is a pretty good story. If only I knew more about the character City Boy. But he appears to be like there's the green and then he appears, you know, Swamp Thing is a part of the green and City Boy appears to be part of the the stone. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, that's this episode. I if you like Predator, pick up Predator versus Wolverine. It works well with the Predator uh, mythos and, and canon, so to speak. If you like Godzilla and Kong and Kaiju. Based on this one comic, I say there's promise to the premise, but I don't know if it is going to uh, deliver yet. It, it, I just can't tell. But it's being created by a talented team. The writing is good. The art is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not sure if I would say, yeah, pick it up because it's Godzilla and it's got King Kong. Um, if you're a fan of them, we have to wait to see what, when we get more of that stuff. In I'm assuming the next issue. So all that said, uh, please, please also check out my new podcast up from the ashes after the little musical sounder at the end here, I'm going to play the up from the ashes promo, but up from the ashes is a podcast about the star lost, which some people say is the worst science fiction TV show of all time. And it's 50 years old this year. And we are going through that show episode by episode 50 years to the day that the episodes aired and I'm very excited and I'm having a lot of fun with guest hosts on that. So all that said, I hope you enjoy the comics that you've been reading. And if you're not enjoying your comics, you're doing something wrong, read what you enjoy and enjoy what you read. And until next time, Godspeed. <laughs> Up From the Ashes, a podcast celebrating the 50-year anniversary of a television show that no one demanded a podcast about. I should say no one that I know, because there might be someone out there who was demanding a podcast about the Star Lost. And if you were demanding a podcast about the Star Lost, well, here we are. This is the podcast for you. This show is not going to be just talking about the Star Lost. It's also going to be talking about science fiction history. It's going to be talking about science fiction ideas and tropes and concepts. As a TV show, it's not great. But it is interesting. And so, this podcast. Up from the ashes. Bad sci-fi TV. Big sci-fi ideas. 